0: It does look like the stock market is about to roll over. I think Wall Street's about to go through more pain because of the fundamentals. The markets are starting to roll over, and the stock market has been elevated, although the bond market's been flashing warning signs. And I suspect stock market investors are eventually going to get the memo, and they're going to start pulling money out of stock markets. Now, we will have a little bit of fade in the stock market over the summer, which is natural for a lot of the markets, but I don't expect the stock market to reach new all-time highs later in the year. Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. Hey everybody, this is Rob Keens with GoldSilverPros.com and it is Friday, June 23rd, 2023, the year just keeps marching on. And we keep bringing you the news in these weekly market wrap-ups. Today's title is Wall Street Falls Again as Rally Begins to Set In. We're going to talk about what's going on in the stock market. We're going to give you the view of the gold and silver market and the biggest stories of the week, as we always do. Thank you for joining. I'm going to start off talking about the major economic developments of the week, as we always do. We've had surprise in the housing market. Homebuilder confidence index is up five points to a 55, which is very bullish considering what's going on in the economy and with interest rates and mortgages. Uh, It seems like homebuilders are seeing a little bit of positivity. Of course, it's summertime. That's normal. We're in the cyclical part of the housing market, which tends to do the best. Why? Because families like to move during the summer because their kids are done with school. So you're going to see a lot of homes bought and sold over the summer typically and we're having a nice little uptick in the housing market as a result. Housing starts are up 300,000 to 1.63 million from 1.34 million last month. Overall housing market is doing pretty well. Initial jobless claims are 264,000, the exact same as last month. U.S. current account, which talks about how much we spend more buying stuff from overseas than we sell, is 219.3 billion. That's about par for the course. Uh, existing home sales at $4.3 million, which is up slightly. That's about the majority of the data. Later on today, we've got some additional. We've got the U.S. Services PMI Purchasing Manager Index for the services part of the economy. We'll report on that next week. That's not due out till later. Overall, a little bit of rosiness to the economy, especially in housing. But again, that's a cyclical trade in summer when housing tends to do well. The rest of the economy just seems to be okay. The Dow is falling more than 100 points this week as Wall Street heads for a losing week. Uh, Part of the big news is that the Fed is going to pause rate hikes, but they expect to have a couple more, probably quarter point ones going forward. But it looks like they're going to settle in somewhere under 6% as their target rate as we head into the recession, which is about what I expected, because I've been saying for the last few years, IMF research and data shows that you need to have five to six full percentage points of interest rates to be able to cut during a recession to manage economy. The Fed still thinks it's managing this economy. I don't think it has any chance of managing the big recession that's coming, but it does. And that's why they're hitting that those policy rates. On to the markets. Cryptocurrencies have unexpectedly had a really good week. Bitcoin's trading up 929 points today to 31,075. And as I said before, I thought Bitcoin recovered when it got down to about 20,000. I said, nah, I think it'll get back up. And this time it may challenge 100 maybe. Well, it's going to take a while to get there. I'm not naming a date. But it is surging again. It went from 20 to 29 and back down to 26, and now it's back up to 31. And it looks like uh, Bitcoin sentiment is returning. Overall, Ethereum is also up 27 points to 1914.38. Litecoin is up $3.64 to 8968. And overall, the cryptocurrency complex, as I look at it, is doing quite well, despite the troubles with Binance and FTX and uh, all of those other exchanges, people are still interested in the cryptocurrencies and I'm sensing some renewed interest as well. The bond market, which we always go over, is about the same. The bond rates are actually fading a bit. The two-year is down 0.035 to 0.4765% and the 10-year benchmark is at 3.75%. We still see the short-term ones up above five, signaling uh, more imminent risk in the economy of the US one month is at 5.119, the two month 5.263, the four month 5.384, and the six month at 5.41. The one year is at 5.265. So everything one year and shorter is elevated as we're still seeing short-term risk and I believe the onset of a coming recession. That's the overall economy for you. It's doing okay, not great. Uh, one of the stories of the week is it looks like we're the recession starting to hit the luxury end of the market. One of the things you'll notice during recessions is The luxury end of the market tends to get hit last because they have more money to spend on discretionary items like food and energy. So inflation doesn't hit them as fast as early, but it eventually does. And we're starting to see signs that the recession is creeping into the upper echelons of our society. says here, according to the story, diamond deflation has arrived with a bang as prices have spent the last year and a half crashing. Round tripping levels not seen since the early days of covid The crash in prices is yet another indication of a luxury spending bust. Barclays forewarned clients in December that a luxury recession was imminent, and luxury watches like Rolex have also plunged. Diamonds, watches, and other jewelry soared during the pandemic and peaked during the first half of 2022, uh, and that's primarily because they're investing in high-end items, gold, silver, and gemstones. They're not right now. The diamond index, the IDEX, is falling precipitously after hitting a peak in early 2022. It's fallen to levels last seen uh, during the pandemic, uh, right before you saw the diamond index vault forward. Another story I want to bring to you today is that South Koreans are buying gold and they're doing it in vending machines, ladies and gentlemen. Gold bar vending machines rolled out at South Korean convenience stores. The article notes and an article from UPI News Korea, Quote here from the article, the most popular gold bar is the smallest, the 0.13-ounce one, which is currently priced around $225, a GS Retail representative told the media outlet. South convenient Convenience Store GS Retail, with 10,000 locations, has understood the soaring demand for sound money and wants to enhance accessibility. The company rolled out gold bar vending machines with offerings in five sizes, weighing from 0.13 to 1.3 ounces, according to UPI News Korea. Quote from the article, people in their 20s and 30s appear to be the main buyers purchasing physical gold as an investment vehicle, especially in times such as these when its value is continuing to rise, the representative said. GS has rolled out 29 gold bar vending machines with plans to increase 50 by the end of the year. Why is this story important? Well, it shows a couple of things. One, people are going back to gold. Two, they're going back to gold in bite sizes because they may not be able to afford a full ounce. Three, it's going to convenience storage, which speaks to the regular person and not the luxury in the market, which we just talked about is crashing and so the regular person sees that and says I need to save in gold and the most important single fact from the story is just the millennials have finally started to get into gold what do we say would happen when the economic crash was it was very obvious and the recession was imminent young people would get back into gold now they're going into bitcoin as well but we see them getting into gold they're realizing they got to diversify and they're realizing the power that the precious metal will have and that's very positive for that investment Last story I want to talk about is a little bit more of a negative one. Boeing charges Pentagon fifty-two thousand dollars for a trash can previously priced at three hundred. An investigation by Responsible Statecraft has uncovered some glaring examples of Department of Defense contractors raising the price of their products by astronomical amounts, and it's often been a joke in the movies and in popular media that the military buys $1,000 toilet seats. And where does that money go? Well, you're never going to know, ladies and gentlemen, because the gist of this is with FASB 56 an accounting procedure ruling, the government can lie to you about everything they spend, how much they spend, what they spend it on. And they have to have no accountability. Of course, this is unconstitutional, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to do it anyway. The constitution says that the Congress and the government is responsible for letting us know what they spend money on and for an accounting, and with FASB 56 the government saying we're never going to tell you what we're going to spend money on and that's where you get fifty two thousand dollars trash cans what are they actually spending on the military weapons and technology of course but they're not going to tell you so we're going to get on to the gold and silver part of the discussion and we're going to talk very quickly about what is going on in the gold and silver market I believe that we've had some interesting things happening and we're going to start off with the COP report. Why are we starting off with the COP report instead of the prices? Because I want to show you what's going on in the market with regards to gold and silver. Here is silver. Let me make this a little bit bigger so you guys can get the full picture there. Here is silver as of June 13th, 2023. Remember the COT report is done in arrears, so we get about a week to 10 days old worth of data. As I'm looking at this, nothing super astounding is happening in the silver market. We do see uh, the producer merchants going a little bit more short adding 2,122 contracts, which makes sense because they're going to short the price when summer comes because gold and silver expected to fade over the summer. This is the typical pattern. You see also the swap dealers doing the same, dropping 16 or 74 shorts, adding 1,088, I'm sorry, longs, and adding 1,088 shorts to go net short about 2,700 positions. Uh, Managed money took the opposite side of the trade, went more long and less short. Uh, so other words, the managed money is going to take the brunt of this trade. I do think prices will fade a bit during summer, although not as much as people expect. And you can see that's the way producer merchants and bullion banks, the smart money in the trade is lining up, looking over at gold, not too much going on in gold, uh, going long producer merchants are going long, dropping 2,200 shorts and adding 365 longs. The swap dealers went net long, almost 10,000 contracts in gold. They dropped 7,195 shorts and add 2,311 longs and the managed money took the other side of that trade dropping their longs and adding shorts and the other reportables of smart money went net long about 3,400 contracts by adding 323 long and dropping 3,030 short. It appears as though people are looking for gold to actually go a little bit long during the summer, which is one of the reasons I've been predicting that gold price will not fade as much this summer as it typically does. It could actually even go up. Because a lot of the positioning in the cot report by the smart money is heading that direction in gold. They're heading long gold and a little bit short silver. That tells me they expect gold to rise very slowly in the summer and silver will follow suit probably in the fall. At least that's what it says on the chart. Gold right now is trading at 19.20 and 13 cents. Well, now three cents, as you see on the screen. Silver to 22.32. Both are up about 0.3%, give or take. On the day, I don't expect much to happen today. Overall, gold has had a nice bit of a fall overall uh, this week. But, you know, overall, given that we're getting a summer, not too bad. Here's the gold trade. You can see trades down since the end of May. They had some some, a little bit of increase in open interest in June. Most of that's going over to December. Uh, You can see them positioning for December, although August is still the dominant month because you have the most contracts at 363. 1,373, but you can see like, see them clearly leaving and lining up for December. We're lining up for the big year-end gold and silver trade. And this begins, ladies and gentlemen, in the late spring, early summer. As you see, this is a futures market, not a current market, although it is where current spot mar- market prices are determined. Uh, riddle me that and why that makes sense. Looking at the exchange for physicals, 4,632 gold contracts for August or exchange for physical over to London. Why is that? Because you don't have that many contracts to accept physical delivery on the current contract in June. You cannot take physical delivery on a futures contract, which is not trading in the current month yet. And so therefore you have to EFP it over to London. That is yesterday's data. Look at Wednesday's data. We had another 3,380 contracts go to London and Tuesday 3,394. And uh, on Friday's data, we had a, Juneteenth on Monday so that was a holiday but Friday's to 1441. So you can see that people are moving over to London to get access to that physical gold. Uh, numbers as of yesterday, Thursday, in terms of the actual settlement data, the dominant contract trading was again August 171,000 contracts settled uh, for an average price in 1923.70. That was down $21. That was yesterday. The day before on Wednesday was down $2 on 182,000 contracts, closing at 1944. That's where you get the fade at the end of the week. Not abnormal given the situation, but I don't think gold and silver are going to fade much overall during the summer. But we'll see. Looking at silver, you had a nice big trading deal here on June 20th which means somebody come in and either put a bunch of long or short contracts on the market. As we look at silver, July was a dominant contract month that still has 46,770 contracts open, although you can clearly see September is lining up to be the next big one with 85,511 total and an additional 3,300 coming in yesterday while 6700 fell off of July. So if you want to know what's pricing out the silver market right now, it's a combination of July and then September. And we'll look at that settlement data, looking at the EFPs again, not a big delivery month in silver in June on the COMEX. There's only 431 contracts open. Remember that only about half of the months end up being a big trade months and therefore have the potential to be big delivery months in, in any given year for gold and silver. They don't trade heavily on every single month. Why it's a futures month and you don't need to, they're going to roll prices every two to three months to get that futures exposure, hence having about six bigger trading months every year and therefore having the ability then with that contract volume, having the ability to actually physically deliver. So we're not going to see a lot of physical deliveries here, but we did see some EFPs, 1,355 contracts of 5,000. ounce silver, as of yesterday's data, EFP'd over to London. And if we look at Wednesday's data, it was 1,800. If we look at Tuesday's data, it is 600. And if we look at last Friday's data, it was 350. So, definitely interest in getting physical silver beyond what the COMEX can provide right now, going over to the settlement data as we load that. This is Thursday's data, yesterday's data. The dominant contract, again, was July. We had silver closing down 34.3 cents to settle at 22,467. If we look at Wednesday's trade, it was down for almost 43 cents to 22,810. Silver has been fading a lot this week. That makes sense to me. Gold leads silver. Gold's a tad weak. Silver's going to go down a little bit more. That is normal. Don't worry too much about it. We're going to hit the ETF data right here really quickly and the COMEX data in aggregate. We're at Nick Laird's. Gold charts are us where he gives us all this. This is the American trade right here up here, the COMEX. This represents London plus some other, but most of the ETFs are in London, so we kind of call it the the London market when it actually has some stuff in New York and other places as well, but it's a good proxy. Overall, you see a lot of the red on the chart. Gold has net net come off of the COMEX the last four weeks and net net come off of all the markets to tune at 1.4 million ounces. A little bit of fade, not a lot. Gold market's kind of even right now, a little bit more demand of physically removing the gold. Remember, a lot of it still gets stored. Everything ineligible right here is stored gold. So a lot of times they'll leave it on the exchange, but it's not liquid. So I think gold liquidity has gone down, but there's still gold. Uh, in and around a market, which could quickly be put up to the market. So I suspect that there's more liquidity in gold. Well, I know there's more liquidity in gold and silver right now, but we do see some gold coming off. So there does seem to be some terminal or final demand for gold to get it away from any uh, related depository to any of these industries and get it into private hands, which means we expect that gold is going to continue to be the investment du jour, not only for South Koreans, but for other people around the world for quite some time. Now we're looking at silver and on COMEX we've had a net release of silver off of the market. If you look at COMEX, and the one I really care about is registered Uh, and and that's just going to take me to the, ah, here we go. Here's registered. And if you look at that chart down here, you can see that the registered inventory has fallen way off. That's the liquid inventory. Now, if you look at eligible, it's fallen off a little bit as well. Uh, but not quite as much. So there's a lot being maintained in storage, even though it's not put up for the actual trade. We don't know how much of that is liquid, but it appears that there's still some silver there if people absolutely need it. Although how much liquidity there is up for discussion, I don't think it's a lot. Net net over 5 million ounces have come off the US and London markets over the last four weeks and silver is still much, much more in demand industrially than gold is, but it also has that monetary demand coming in, which is causing shortages in that market. We're going to go look at the deliveries for the COMEX, specifically for gold. I'm on COMEX 100 gold futures looking year to date. Starting in January, we had 6,600 contracts delivered, then 15,350, then 6,132, 24,330. You'll notice every two months we have bigger delivery numbers. Remember when I said just a couple of minutes ago that only about half of the months in a futures market are actively really traded because it's a futures market and you don't need it every month. You're going to take a futures bet on it on something you need a couple of months to bet that out, to speculate or to hedge. So about every other month, you'll get big deliveries and that's been the pattern this month so far, 20,073 April, 24,330 February, 15,350 and last December 2750. That pattern in gold is holding every other month, big delivery number and the delivery numbers are not really going down. We're almost where we were in December and we had a blowout April of a lot of gold. So people are taking gold off and that's why you see it being, removed from the COMEX on the chart that I showed you just a moment ago at Nick Laird's site, because that's exactly what's happening. We're going to go down to silver futures. We don't want micro, we want COMEX 5000. There it is right there. This is yearly delivery. Silver was not a big month of delivery. In fact, the last big month of delivery had really was March at 3196. So there have been some sizable deliveries in silver, although it's not as much as gold This year, which tells me from an investment demand perspective, gold is leading the charge at the moment, which does not surprise me at all. That is your weekly market wrap up for the week. Do a quick summary. Uh, Young millennials are getting into gold as evidenced by the vending machines in South Korea. Uh, uh, GS, which is the firm they're putting them up, has over 10,000 stores they are going to have 50 that have gold vending machines by the end of the year. Also, it looks like millennials are getting back into Bitcoin. It's up above 30,000, which I predicted would happen. I think eventually it'll get to 100 before the big blow-off crash. And I mean, I get all the way to 100, may go to 80, 85, 90, come back down. But I think eventually get to 100. And I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist, but I see the young crowd as they get into dire economic straits, investing in anything they can that think that's going to hold value. Bitcoin is certainly there, Ethereum, some of the other cryptos. But it's interesting to see if they're also coming to gold. Into a little bit lesser extent, silver right now. And I just had an interview up at Stock Pulse where I talked to a millennial who's into silver and Bitcoin. We had a nice conversation there. Uh, you, you guys can watch that interview uh, on our Twitter. Part of it's on our Twitter. You can go to Stock Pulse and watch that. But we talk about the millennial investing habits and it looks like they're coming a little bit more into gold, into silver, which is important for that market because millennials are the biggest generation ever born. There's over 2 billion of them across the world. And if they decide to move into gold and silver, That's going to move the price faster than my generation, the Gen Xers or the baby boomers. That's why we follow that end of the market. It does look like the stock market is about to roll over. I think Wall Street's about to go through more pain because of the fundamentals. The markets are starting to roll over. The stock market has been elevated, although the bond market's been flashing warning signs. And I suspect stock market investors are eventually going to get the memo and they're going to start pulling money out of the stock markets. Now, we will have a little bit of fade in the stock market over the summer, which is natural for a lot of the markets. But I don't expect the stock market to reach new all-time highs later in the year as the recession becomes more prominent. That's going to do it for this week's weekly market wrap-up. Thank you for tuning in. And remember that we have content four five days a week on our channel, GoldSilverPros. And on Jam where this is also simulcast, we have content coming out every week as well. Stay tuned to their YouTube channel. Until next time, this is Rob Kinks with GoldSilverPros.com. Hey, thanks for watching. We selected these videos just for you. Check them out. And remember, $4.99 a month keeps the lights on and the channel going. So join our Gold Silver Pro supporter membership. We appreciate your support. Keep stacking.